You're listening to Aubrey CD Speaks, where truth is spoken for your freedom. Hello, and thank you for listening to Aubrey CD Speaks. This episode, um, I wanted to do mainly because of all that's been going on since about August 15th. Um, I did plan on releasing about four other episodes that I have prepared (laughs) and I was going to slowly release those, um, throughout the weeks and, um, like one a week. And, um, unfortunately because of circumstances, I was unable to do so. And to be quite honest, I haven't really thought of recording in about a month because of all that's been going on and just being swamped and kind of being in the middle of, um, I, I guess just, just everything being so busy was kind of overwhelming and I didn't really have the time to sit and record the other episodes and quite honestly I didn't want to sit and record the other episodes Uh, I was too busy um and um through it all I think it was last week when I finally got to relax and I suddenly thought hmm I should record and I know exactly what to record and I'm going to tell you about Uh, my past month. And I'm going to tell you all about what, um, what has happened, both good and bad. And, um, what God has consistently reminded me of and, and what he's been telling me, um, going through all of this. So, um, to start off, um, in August, uh, on August 16th, my mother's mother, my Nana, uh, passed away. She has been dealing with dementia, Alzheimer's, I would say for about maybe 20, maybe about 20 years for sure. Um, it could have been longer than that, but definitely about 20 years. Um, but was only diagnosed within the last... Uh, maybe, maybe five years. Um, and, uh, um, she has been staying and living with my mom and dad, uh, since I think early 2020. So earlier or late. 2019, something like that. A lot, a lot happened in that shortest span of time, but it's only been a few years she's been with my parents, um, where she wasn't really able to take care of herself anymore. And there were too many, um, possibilities of falls and she got a little bit more paranoid than usual while she was living here in her house and mom needed to be right there for her often. So, uh, they moved her into my parents' home, uh, where she could be cared for. And, um, I was her other helper. I loved going over and helping her and doing what I could do to make her more comfortable, make her happy and keep her going. And even just 
going to visit and talking with her. And she loved having the kids over and talking with them. And, you know, it, it didn't really matter that she didn't remember anybody anymore. Um, it was just a joy to be with her. And, um, and I consider myself very blessed to have had the opportunity to care for her as much as she had cared for me growing up. She was always that person for me through a lot of, a lot of stuff that happened in life. Um, like there was divorce that happened, uh, and she was there for me when I was a little kid, you know, going through all of that and she'd take me places and I had broken, <laughs> broken arms at different points in life and, and she helped make those things better and, you know, I was her person when she needed to go somewhere and, uh, on up until I was in college, uh, I was her person, um, to, to go places with her and to shop and, um, uh, when she decided I needed new clothes for whatever, we went shopping and it was usually Dillard's JCPenney's, <laughs> but, um, but I loved being with Nana. She was a joy. She always liked to make people happy. She always liked to laugh. And, um, and even when she was de dealing with dementia and she had highs and lows, um, one of her all time favorite things was to have people over and to have the kids over and to spend time with the kids, even if she didn't remember them. And even if she didn't remember me, it was so much fun. And I'm so very blessed to have those memories with her. But yeah, she, um, she started declining a few days before that. I went to see her the, the day before, um, she passed and, um, um, I, I had a feeling that it wasn't going to be long. And even though, uh, I think they were thinking like maybe a week because, um, Sorry, I'm taking a sip of coffee. Um, because um, we were going on a, we had planned a family trip. The whole fa oops, the whole family. We had planned a family trip on August 18th. And we were going to be gone the whole weekend. And while we were gone, Nana was going to go on respite care. And they were going to pick her up Thursday, the 17th. And then she was going to come back that Monday or Tuesday the next week. And, uh, so we had everything planned. We had everything worked out. Everything looked good. And then I just suddenly just declined. And, uh, um, and they were thinking that she probably would pass after we got back. But, uh, but she passed a couple of days before we left. And we went ahead and we went on the trip, which was much, I mean, we all needed it, really. It was, uh, we all needed it. My mom needed it. My dad needed it. We all needed it. Um, but yeah, she was coming on, uh, she had been on hospice for about six months. She was fixing to have her evaluation, um, with hospice care and she didn't, they thought she had about a year, but she didn't, she didn't make it past her six month marker. Um, so, uh, 
anybody that's had a very close loved one pass away knows how very busy and crazy life can get when that happens. There's so much to do, there's so much to think of. And you're in your in your moment and in if you're in your place of sorrow. There's so much to do. And there's so many calls to make and there's so many papers to sign and then there's a funeral and there's so many things to plan and so many uh, um, items to go through and people have questions and people want to do this and want that and you know there's so much going on and then there's a eulogy to write you know and then who's going to do the eulogy and and who's going to stand up and say this and who's going to stand up and say that and there's so much to plan and there's so much to do and there's so much going on all in the middle of, of you mourning, you know? So, um, uh, I did what I could to help and be help to my mom, uh, during a lot of this, which I don't mind anything, anything to make my mom's life easier is, is what I go by. <laughs> I love my mom. She does so much for everybody. She hardly ever complains. She'll just do it. She'll just say yes. And, um, and I love her so much. And so anything I can do to help my mom, she needs me. I'm there instantly. Everything's put down and I'm there for her because I love her because she's my mom. Because, because it's hard for her to ask for help. And so when she does, I'm not going to say, hold on. I'm not going to say just a minute. I'm not going to say I'm too busy. I'm going to be there because she asked me, you know, anyway, I just like to be there, you know, anyway. Um, so there was a lot of that going on. A lot of that, a lot of, um, memories to go through and uh yeah it was pretty crazy um and uh it was so busy it was so busy and then we had a plan for a trip you know and everything it was so busy it was so busy but God was good and God was faithful and all of that like he blessed us even with all of that he blessed us, you know, and, um, and he took care of us and he provided for us. And even, even with all that, I'm still left undone with just how good God was and all of that and how faithful he was and is, and there was so much going on. Got back, and you know, funerals, so much has to be planned, so much has to be done. And uh, I had the honor of writing the eulogy for Nana. And, uh, and the memories and all the things that flood back when you're sitting there and you're trying to decide what you're going to write about a person's life, you know, uh, is... It's crazy. It's crazy how much flashes in your mind and how many stories come back that she told um, or others told. It's insane. Absolutely insane. And, um, and through it all, I, I had to hold it together. 
I mean, and, and God's grace was so good. I mean, there was, there were times when I felt like I could just fall apart. And then God comes in and he just sweeps me up and takes care of me. It keeps me through, you know, helps me through it all. And, um, God, God is just so good. And it was a wonderful funeral. I saw a family I haven't seen in, oh goodness, years. I, my husband got to meet them for the first time. <laughs> I mean, that's how long it's been. Um, and, um, it, it was good. I think Nana would have approved. Um, she was very much a go-getter, very much a, a family planner. She helped with events. And I think she would have approved, um, of what, what happened and what was done and, and all of it. Um, but, uh, through it all, and even after it, um, there was so much going on. <laughs> it's so overwhelming. Oh my goodness. So much. Absolutely. I, 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 I rarely had a moment to myself, um, which, you know, I guess could have been a good thing, but, um, through it all, I kept getting reminded of Psalm 23. And I know that a lot of times in Psalm 23, people consider that like the death chapter, you know, because at funerals, you know, uh, in movies and everything, they always read Psalm 23 and sing Amazing Grace. You know what I mean? Hang on, I'm gonna take a sip of coffee. My cold coffee. Um, but that's not, that's not why, uh, the Lord kept reminding me of Psalm 23. I see Psalm 23 as, um, as a chapter of hope and promise and his love and his mercy and his grace. And, um, so I don't consider it like something that you would read just for a funeral. It's, it's, it's for life. Okay. And, um. But it's the chapter that the Lord kept bringing me back to. Uh, and it's particularly Psalm 23, 2 and 3. And I'm going to read it in the Amplified because I love the Amplified. And I love how it amplifies the, these two verses. Oh my goodness. Okay, I made myself laugh. Um, it says, He makes me lie down in fresh, tender, green pastures. He leads me beside the still and restful waters. He refreshes and restores my soul or my life, myself. I went all KJV. Sorry. Let's read that again. He refreshes and restores my life, myself. He leads me in the paths of righteousness, uprightness and right standing with him, not for my earning it, but for his name's sake. Like, wow, that. That, that is just, I'm going to read it again. Okay. I'm going to read it again. <sighs> he makes me lie down in fresh, tender green pastures. He leads me beside the still and restful waters. He refreshes and restores my life, myself. He leads me in the paths of righteousness, 
uprightness and right standing with him, not for my earning it, but for his name's sake. I love it. And the Lord just kept reminding me, you know, I'm here for you. I'm here to lead you. I'm here to guide you. You just get to trust in me. And um, this psalm, it, 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 it shines so brightly when it comes to the Father and his love for us. And of course, David, because it's a psalm of David, of course, David, being a shepherd from his youth, would understand uh, the role of a shepherd leading the sheep. And, um, and it's, it's a perfect example of, of how David had put his trust in the Lord. Um, and I know, you know, if you've grown up in church, there's always the, we're sheep, he's the shepherd, you know, um, comparisons. And, uh, I remember growing up wondering, you know, why, why would we be compared to a bunch of dumb sheep? Sheep are so dumb. They will walk over a cliff just because another sheep walked over the cliff. Like they are so dumb. Um, they will drown in water instead of swimming away or getting up and, and walking away. They, they'll just stay there and drown. I mean, they're so dumb. Uh, they have to be led. They have to have a shepherd in or to lead them in order to keep them alive. Uh, and, um, I always wondered why. Why would God compare us to sheep? So often the Bible does. Why would God compare us to sheep? Are we really that dumb? And the answer for that is yes. We are really that dumb. I mean, I know your pride wants to get in the way and go, no, I'm not. I'm not as dumb as a sheep. But we really are. We as people really are. I mean, think about it. How often we will go into danger or spiritual danger or whatever. How often we don't look. How often we don't listen. How often we don't pay attention to his, his warnings and to his, um, to his callings and to his leading. And we head right into danger with our eyes open, <laughs> staring at the danger sign. We will still walk right to it you know, we'll, we'll, we'll allow ourselves to be taken by, by the, the wolf or the lion so often. And, and, we, and we just, ha, 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 just humming along and, 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 and go for it and do it. And how easily we ensnare ourselves into traps and it's us ourselves doing it, you know, and, and so often we, we find our, ourselves in these situations like a bunch of dumb sheep. Honestly, truly. Um, but not only that, not only, that's not the only place the comparison lies. But a sh sh sheep, the sheep know their shepherd, they know his call, they know his voice. They know his leading and his guiding. They, they understand and they recognize him. Okay. And they know their safety. 
with the shepherd. Um, and all they have to do is um, be led by him. And and it's a bright example of, of our lives and what and how easy, how easy and how simple it is with the Father. I know in, in, in the church today with Christianity, we want to make it really complicated and and really deep and and trying to find all these little answers and these mysteries in the letters and certain numbered letters and all of this stuff. But honestly, uh, the, our walk with Christ through life as born again believers in Jesus is actually so very simple. Now, in our earthly wisdom, we want to make it complicated because we're having to try to explain why we believe and why God is real and why this and that and why he is the God of all gods and the king of all kings and the Lord of all lords. But it's so very simple. And and believing on him is so very simple. And, and we're just supposed to be like sheep that have our complete and total trust in our father, in the shepherd, that he just leads us and we just... Uh, we just yield to him leading us. We yield to to him taking us to the still waters and leading us to the grass and uh, causing us to lie down. He makes us to lie down. It, and it's just us yielding to his leading. And that's honestly how it's supposed to be. And that's where the grace of God comes in. His grace. We don't deserve any of it. Where he leads and guides us and and takes us by the still waters where we won't drown, where it won't sweep us away. And and he leads us on and, and he takes us to lie still on the soft grass. Where we won't be in danger of anything and we won't get uh uh spikes and we won't you know that we'll be within his eyesight and the, the wolf and the lion um won't steal us away because he's he's there with us and we're there with him and we're to just yield and trust in him and trust that his where he leads us and where he guides us is safe and good and pleasant and peaceful and gentle and kind and loving we can revel in the joy and the pleasure of being with our shepherd and and the, that, that's something that the Lord just has been reminding me of through this month is I don't have to do anything to, to have his grace. And I don't have to do anything to have his love. And I don't have to do anything to have his comfort and his peace. I just yield. I'm just here and he's just here with me and he will lead me and guide me and I can be I can just be me and I can be carried and led to wherever he wants me to go because wherever he wants me to go is the best place for me and through all of this of the loss of my nana who was 
my best bud and I was her best bud uh, until until Nathan got old enough and took my place. <laughs> my brother Nathan. <laughs> oh, I love him. Um, you know, until, you know, I, I was just older and I was working all the time and, you know, Nathan was there and he was available and so he became her little go-to buddy. Um, but until then I was her person and she was mine. And, uh, and so it's a devastating loss when you think about it in that way, devastating loss. And even though we knew that this time was coming, because when you have a person that has dementia, Alzheimer's or any kind of condition where, you know, your time is limited, you think you're prepared and you've prepared yourself until the time comes. And then you realize you're not really prepared at all. So, um, in, in, in a moment, it, in a moment, it was devastating. But the grace of God came in and reminded me that he's leading me and guiding me. And all I have to do is be led. And it's as simple as that. And trust him. I just trust him and let him lead me and guide me. And, and he'll take me to good places and I can be at peace and I can be at rest. So through all of this overwhelmingness of, um, loss and then the overwhelmingness of being busy, um, he's, the Lord's been there for me through it all. And, uh, and just reminding me that his grace is sufficient for me, that, that no burden should be very, no burden should be heavy. His yoke is easy. His burden is light. And I can take my, uh, I can take his yoke upon myself. And, and that yoke is, is so very light. So very light. He takes all of my burdens and anything that's too heavy for me. And I give it to him and, and he takes care of it all. And I don't have to at all. Um, but I want to go back to verse three. Um, the part where it says that he leads me in the paths of righteousness, uprightness and right standing with him, not for my earning it before his namesake, not for my earning it is where grace comes in. He didn't do that because of what I've done or what I've achieved or how hard I faced that day, but he does it for his glory. It's all for him. And I get to sit and bask in his righteousness and his goodness and his mercy uh, because of him. You know, isn't that good? Isn't that awesome? That is so good and awesome. Um, and I don't have to worry about a thing. I, I have to worry about a thing. Okay, so there was um, the death of my Nana and all that it entails. And it's surprising how long certain things go on. But how much that entailed and then we went into September and September was busy, busy. Um, September, if you've listened to my podcast at all, September is uh, what we consider our new year uh, and with our family and like spiritually. It's a new year for many reasons. Um, I'll go through them really quick. One, my son of promise, the one that God told me about. Shortly after I got born again, before I even married my husband, I knew of this child, Michael. He was born in September, my child of promise. 
Um, he came after a miscarriage. Um, he came um, um, after the Lord did such a work of healing uh, because of that. Uh, because of the miscarriage, um, I had some rough times, but the Lord lifted me up and got me through it. And then he was like, here, I'm going to, here, I'm going to bring you that child that I promised you about. <laughs> um, and the same year that Michael, my child of promise was born, was the same year that revival came to my church, Deliverance Bible Church. Um, so there was... Um, and that, that's almost like a child of promise as well. There have been so many prophetic words of revival coming to Deliverance Bible Church and, and certain things happening in Deliverance Bible Church <clears throat> that it was almost like a child of promise waiting to be born. And it was finally born in 2016 of September. And so there was that, uh, on top of that, my husband, was uh, healed of porphyria uh, in September of 2021. And so we celebrated his second year of being healed of porphyria, which anybody that knows what porphyria is, and it was a genetic porphyria. It wasn't, didn't come on because of um, certain um, things that happened to him. It was something he has always dealt with. And, um... If you don't know about porphyria, um, most of the time it's, it's a genetic disease and it hits, <clears throat> it hits the body and it can cause a bunch of other problems, but it's all just because of porphyria. Like it can cause a body to be diabetic, but it's because of the porphyria. It can cause psoriasis, but it's because of the porphyria. Um, it can cause, um, liver damage. Like somebody was an alcoholic, but it's because of the porphyria. Um, it can cause, um, just all kinds of really bad things in the body. Um, and it's all because of the porphyria. It causes, uh, skin to be extra sensitive to sun, uh, UVs. Uh, it doesn't matter if it's cloudy outside if that person's outside for a certain amount of time, they will have blisters on their body. Wherever the skin was exposed, they'll have blisters. Um, um, some of what it did with my husband um, was um, it caused uh, uh, him to, he had the blisters. He was always tired. Like that man could fall asleep. At any time, any time. And this is before like it really hit hard. He was always known for falling asleep and then waking back up like that. He was known for that. Um, he could be semi-conscious and will drive you someplace uh, and come back and go back to sleep and then wake up and go, um, oh, did you get to such and such place? And they're like, yeah, you drove me. It's like, oh, I don't remember that. Like, he did that a lot. I would have to go through conversations with him and say, do you remember this conversation? He's like, no, I don't remember anything after blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, okay, well, this is what happened. And um, 
so there was that. There was a lot of like weird physical things uh, that happened and a lot of mental stuff. It messes with your, you mentally. So basically what it did to his body was it caused him to have um, um, like metal poisoning in his body. So it was killing him. He was having really bad seizures. He had the breakouts on the skin. He had all kinds of all kinds of crazy stuff going on um, uh, that uh, all kinds of things that would take place. Now, um, usually with uh, with men, it, it hits at about 30 where it comes in, where it hits some full force. Like they get flares up and flare ups and things like that, you know, in weird ways before then. But when they hit year 30 is when it it hits hard and it's flared up and it's, and my husband was no exception. And he hit 30 and like everything just like went South July and, and that July, it just like everything just went really weird. Um, and, uh, he had so many, so many problems and he was, uh, it messed with his, um, with his, uh, nervous system nervous system, his brain, like it messed with him. And so he was always in pain from his, from the top of his head to his toes. He was in pain constantly, uh, cause his nervous system was messed up because he was going through metal poisoning. His body was toxic to itself. Um, and, uh, and so it was insane. Like all the imbalances and stuff that happened, it was absolutely insane. And I was literally watching my husband self-destruct. I was literally watching him die of something that we couldn't figure out what was wrong. And we finally got, sorry, um, we finally got, um, uh, a doctor to actually, a specialist to actually like take him seriously <laughs> and, and, and order a test. And that test showed what we thought may be the problem. We thought was the problem. And, uh, and, um, and so then we were like, this is not common in the U S uh, you know, it's more common in the UK at some in Canada, but more common in the UK. And we're like, what are we going to do? And it was, that's what just like, it hit me. It was just like, God's going to take care of this. It's the blood of Jesus has already cleansed you of not only all unrighteousness, but all sickness. And we're just going to stand on that. And so I slowly watched my husband dying of porphyria and going, I'm not going to let you die. You're not going to die. And, and him become frustrated, um, in a lot of ways with the pain and, and it was damaging our family and, and, uh, our kids were feeling the effects of it. And, uh, you know, and watching him suffer, it was awful. It was awful. But I was like, I, we, we had to take a stand on it. And my stand was, you ain't going to die. It's just not going to happen. And I finally, t- I, I, I took this moment with the Lord and I was like, Lord, I don't know what to do about this. I know, I know what your, I know what your word says. 
but I don't know what to do about this. And he's becoming more and more disheartened through it all. I was like, Lord, you healed him of cancer. You healed him of mouth cancer when he was a teenager. You've healed him of so many things. And then he's got this, that he finds out he's so much of the weird things that's happened in his life has been from this. And now it's, it's taking over his body and he's dying. And I know your will is not for him to die. So what do I need to do? What do I need to say? And how do I keep myself from falling into depression while fall, fighting all of this? What, what do I do? Because I feel very alone in this situation. And even then, the Lord directed me to Psalm 23. And he's like, You're with, I'm with you every step of the way. <clears throat> he's like, I'm with you. I've got you. You just got to trust me. And he kept reminding me of just when I, even when I was first born again, of what he told me. And even then he reminded you just got to trust me. Just trust me on this. Just trust me and, and, and everything will be okay. And he reminded me, you know, even though here at like verse four of chapter 23, yes, though I walk through the deep sunless valley of the shadow of death, I will fear or dread no evil for you are with me, your rod to protect and your staff to guide. They comfort me. You prepare, and verse five, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My brimming cup rolls over. And, and he reminded me of this. I, he is with me. He's leading and guiding me. I don't have to fear a thing. I don't have to worry about a thing because he's got this. And, and I know what his word says. And I know what the call of God is on, that's on Kenneth's life. And, and he's not finished. And so the Lord said, I'm with you on this. And everything you declare and you say to him, I'm with you on this. And I will say yes to it. Everything you say out of your mouth to him about this situation, I am with you. And I say yes to it as well. And I said, okay, God, you've got my back. I'm going to trust you. And, and whenever uh, I had to talk to Kenneth about any of this, any of it and he'd tell me about you know he's frustrated and you know this isn't this this is happening and this is happening he's so frustrated about it and he's in pain I don't know what to do anymore I would tell him the Lord's got this he told me he's got this he's got my back and and you're gonna live and you're not gonna die and you are gonna declare the good works of the Lord your time is not done this isn't over your life isn't over this is not where it ends you're not going to die because of this. And I said, and Kenneth Davis, if you decide that you're going to die because of this and you end up dying, I'm going to bring you back to life because the Lord's with me. He told me he's got, he's got my back and I'm going to bring you back. I'm going to bring you back. And you might be mad at me because you were in heaven and, 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 and your body resurrected here on earth and you came back to life. And I don't care if you're going to be mad at me for the rest of your days. I'm bringing you back to life because you're not dying like this. You're not dying because of porphyria. It ain't going to happen. That's not how you're going to die. And you've got a lot of life to live. And you've got a lot of things that the Lord says you're going to do. And it's going to get done. So I'm not done. I'm not done. And he's not done. And he's got my back. He says he's with me. So anything I declare, and I declare you're healed in Jesus' name. I declare you will live in Jesus' name. I declare 
um, I, I declare he's going to give you strength in Jesus name. Even though we're walking through this valley, we're not going to be afraid and we're going to hold our heads high and he's going to give us a feast before us in the presence of our enemies. And, and he's going to give you a feast before the presence of Porphyria and you're going to live and not die. We're coming out of this hole. We're coming out of this alive and that's just the way it's going to be. So just suck it up. <laughs> and I, <laughs> I literally would say that too. Just suck it up because you're going to live and you're not going to die. So you just, you just man up. And just declare that over your body that you're going to live and not die. And you put your spirit man to attention and you put your body to attention and you be the master of your body and you tell it that it's going to live and not die in Jesus name because your spirit is stronger than your physical flesh. And you just tell it how it is because Holy Spirit lives in you and resides in you and the word of God is covering you and is all over you and is clothed, you're clothed in the righteousness of Christ Jesus. And you get to declare the word because you're a joint heir in Christ and that's just going to ha- how it's going to be. So you just suck it up and man up. And he's just like, he'll go, ah, and okay, and and go on through his day. And and I would just stay home and I just pray and pray and pray and pray for him while he was gone at work. And um yeah, that's pretty much how it was. <laughs> that's pretty much how it was. Um, until the night that he uh he was healed. And we went going, This is it, this is it. You're this is the day. This is this is the marked day that you're gonna be healed in Jesus' name. And uh and he was healed. And, uh, and I love telling that story. And I love talking about, hey, look what you get to do because you're healed, you know. And I, for anyone that has ever gone through something like that, um, you would totally understand how it, you just can't stop talking about it. It just can't stop be talk, you know, being talked about. But um, so, yeah. Um, we celebrated two years of, uh, a healthy body for Kenneth and no more Porphyria and how Porphyria didn't kill him. Praise God. And, uh, and so that was a great celebrate celebration. It just happened to fall on Rosh Hashanah, <laughs> the new year. And so we celebrated, um, all that God has done for us in September. On top of which God blessed us, um, once again, I'm telling you, every September, he blesses us some way or some form that blows our mind. And he did it again. And um, I'm so thankful for what God is doing and uh, and what he's done. And, you know, uh, we got air conditioning in our house, so we don't have to use um, window units anymore. And anybody that lives in Texas that knows the blessing of having an AC uh, instead of window units knows how big it is. Um, and so that's what God blessed us with this year, uh, this September. And so, uh, it's working great. It's so nice to, uh, to actually be cool in your own home. Um, so Hey, in the DFW area, uh, if, uh, you need any AC or heating repairs or, um, or just for it to be looked at or updated or whatever, I um, I recommend Millionaire um, uh, Heating and Air. Uh, they are fantastic. They are very professional. They will take care of you. Um, they will give you what you need. They are, will be honest with you uh, through it all. Um, they love doing their job, uh, and they love... Um, 
taking care of their customers. So I highly recommend Millionaire. Um, and uh, give them a call. And even if you just need your filters uh, cleaned or, you know, whatever it is that you need with, uh, with your heating and air units, um, give them a call. Uh, let them see. Let them check and see if you could be getting more AC uh, for uh, what you're paying. Uh, or uh, let them prep, you know, your house for heating you know, as we're going slowly into fall and then winter, like, do uh, do not hesitate to give them a call if you need anything. Uh, and uh, they will take care of you. They are great, great people, honest people. I know, um, I know the man who owns it. Um, he's a great guy. Um, he, um, he's like a brother. <laughs> He and his wife are like family to me. I love them so much. Um, I love their kids. They're like nieces and nephews. I, I I love them, love them, love them. It's like it's like being it's like being home with them. They are they are such amazing people. They are wonderful believers in Christ. Um, they have such great faith for uh, for what God. Um, what God's doing and, and, and they have such great faith in seeing it done. And, um, I just love them. I just love them so much. Um, so, uh, if you, if you need any, any work done on your AC or heating systems, call Millionaire. They will, they will help you out. So there's my plug-in for today. Um, but, um, I, I know it doesn't sound like there's a <laughs> I know, just going through, I just went through very general, uh, after 45 minutes, I've gone through a very general, you know, I would even say like a synopsis of, of what's been going on, but it took me 45 minutes to do it. Yes, I rabbit trailed, but it took me 45 minutes to do it. Um, but I promise you, it's been a very busy September. There's, I I'm sure there's more <laughs> I haven't mentioned. Um, but, um, honestly, like some of it just felt like I was dreaming. It was so, there was so much going on. There was so much going on. Um, that, um, uh, that it doesn't even, you know, I, I think my husband and I haven't even like stopped to really analyze what we just, you know, went through. Uh, I don't think we've really even just stopped and gone, okay, <laughs> let's go back on our notes and see what's, what's been happening. Do we need to catch up anywhere? Oh, yesterday, uh, somebody reminded me of something and I don't even remember. <laughs> I don't even remember agreeing to it. Um, but, um, and, uh, uh, but that had to get done quickly. And, uh, oh my goodness, it's just been, um, it's just been insane, absolutely insane. Uh, but through it all, God has been there and through it all, God's been good. And through it all, I've just been able to literally fall on his grace. I've, I've just thrown myself over, uh, like a child on a brand new bed, like, 
you know, like the first time they've been like some uh, Legoland or something and you see that awesome bed and you just want to throw yourself on it. Like that's basically like how it was. Um, I just, just threw myself on his grace and his grace has been so sufficient for me. And in my weaknesses, he's been strong and he's been guiding me and leading me and, and every place that I need to go and every place has been good and every place has been safe. Um, and you can overanalyze what I just said all you want to, uh, to your heart's content and try to tell me how it's not biblically sound, but, uh, I'm a very happy person and I have the joy of the Lord and, um, and if you go through anything I said and said, I don't know if that's biblically sound because A, B, and C and struggle, struggle, struggle. All I have to say is this. I know what struggle is. I, I know what that is. I know what it's like to every day not know what's going to happen. And wonder if today's the day that everything comes undone. I know what that's like. I, I know what that's like. I have been Lazarus's sister Martha, where I have worked and worked and worked to take my mind off of things or to look good before the eyes of God and, and to struggle so God could see how humble and meek and, and how hard my faith is. And to look good in his eyes. I've done that. I've done it. And I've come out dissatisfied, unhappy, lonely, grieving for what seemed like God and I were not on the same page. And asking God where he was. God, where's your spirit? Where's your Holy Spirit? I don't know where you are. Tired, burnt out. I know what it's like to live like Martha. I know what it's like to live day by day, feeling so alone and disconnected from God, even though I'm supposed to be born again. And coming to the place where I wonder, am I born again? Because God, you don't seem to be anywhere near me. I, I, I know. And, and overanalyze anything that happy people seem to say. But you see, something changed in me. After going through sadness and struggle and not finding God in it all. When I let go in 2016... And I finally just let it all go and yielded to him. And I became the sheep to my shepherd. I found joy, his love, unending, his unending love, his never failing goodness, his mercy his grace and what it means to fall on grace 
what it means to abide in him, to be with him, what it means to shut up and listen to him for a change. What it means to have fellowship with him. What it means to pray without ceasing and to give thanks always. What those things mean when I learned about those because I fell on him and I yielded to him. Everything changed. And suddenly I lived a merry life. I found a good thing and he was not going to make me stop. He was not going to make me stand up and keep on working like Martha. And I would not have it any other way. People around us couldn't understand it. People around us ridiculed, left, ghosted us, blamed us, lied about us said all kinds of crap because they couldn't understand what it meant to be like Mary. And instead, they couldn't yield. They couldn't just yield because everything that they'd been doing up to that point meant nothing if they did it. But oh, how wonderful and great and good it felt to let go of everything that had happened before that meant nothing suddenly. All those years of my life, there were some good things. There were some good things. When I was in him and I wasn't being Martha, there were some good things that happened. When I let him lead me and guide me through paths of righteousness for his namesake. But most of those, there were a lot of Martha moments in there. And yet, yes, even though they went through the fire of his presence and they were burned up, gone, and only a little bit remained. Those few moments that remained where I was just in him, those meant something. And, And I happily took those moments in and let myself go and yield to him and his presence. And everything changed. Everything changed when I yielded to his leading and guiding. Suddenly some things that I couldn't handle, I could handle because it was his strength I was leaning on Instead of what I thought was my strength, which was actually a great weakness. And falling on his grace and understanding that I am just a little, a little one in his eyes. I'm just a little one in this whole wide world. I'm just a little one in this whole eternity just a little one. And it's okay to just be a little one. It's okay to just be his child. It's okay to just be his. All the things that I try and work hard to rack up to do mean nothing 
in the long run. But they mean everything when I do them in him. How more can be done at his feet than on my own means everything. And in this situation of of my whole month of overwhelming busyness, when I was at his feet, more was done, more was moved, more was changed, more was accomplished than when I was on my own. When I was on my own feet, I was exhausted and burnt out. But when I was at his feet, I could move, I could manage, I could do, I had joy, I had his presence, I had the pleasure of his love surrounding me, enveloping me, and everything was okay. God is no respecter of persons. As a believer in Christ, you can have this too. All you need to do is fall on his grace. Stop being Martha. Sit at his feet like Mary. Yield to him and be a little one. Just be a sheep to the shepherd. It's really that simple and that easy. Let him lead you and guide you. Let him be the one to be with you in all things. Don't do it on your own. Don't do it on your own feet. You will be exhausted. Sit at his feet and trust him to get everything done. Because the fight is not yours. Just like the victory is not yours, it's his. You are a little one in the vastness of this world, in the vastness of eternity. But oh, how he loves you. How his eyes are on you, fixed on you. And his love is ready to surround you and envelop you and his strength to hold you up. Fall in his grace. There's no condemnation there. There's no judgment there. It's just his love. Just his love and his mercy his goodness and his peace and just be satisfied as his little one as his child be satisfied he will do more in your life at his feet than you can do on your own and that is grace letting him move And I'm going to leave it there. And I'll come back and talk about something else. Some other good thing God has done. I might, I might actually record those four episodes that I have prepared. Whatever he wants is good enough for me. I mean, after all, I started this podcast because of revival. And because of what he's shown me. And because he told me to. And I have allowed myself to be led and guided by him through it all. And that's not going to stop anytime soon. So, I'll see you next time. And until then, be blessed.